Hey, everybody. This is your very happy host, Mark Thomas, on the Ball and Chain podcast, coming to you from Southern California. Uh, the Ball and Chain podcast, as always, is sponsored by uh, Zen Sports, which is the sports betting platform that provides more choice to sports bettors out there, soon to be licensed in Nevada, which we're all very excited about here. And what we're equally as excited about is the amazing Game five Bucks victory last night. Uh, that has to be, uh, I know it almost feels like we keep saying this after each game in the playoffs, but that has to be absolutely the best game I've ever seen uh, from a Bucks fan perspective. And so obviously bias there, but uh, wow, what a game. Uh, the coming back from 16 points down in the first quarter to tie and take a little, briefly in the second quarter, but then really take the lead. Um, in the in the second half and to almost blow it and then to have what I consider to be probably the best steal and dunk combo of all time or the most important at least uh, from Holiday and uh, <clears throat> Giannis just uh, absolutely terrific we were going bonkers in my apartment while we were watching last night and uh, yeah uh, went out and partied kind of hard last night and so there was no podcast until Sunday night tonight, which will be going out in the morning on Sunday. So you, everyone has probably already heard about 10 podcasts on this now already, but here will be your 11th or 12th or whatever number it is and can give you some good content while you are trying to pass the day away at work. And so uh, with all of that being said, I am excited to bring in our weekly guest uh, that I love talking to, Jess Udi. Jess. How more Middleton magic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he had, he had, in my opinion, a really nice game, but I think holiday and Giannis had even better games than him. They did. But again, uh, Middleton was, was the closer when he needed to be. Yeah. But I think that defensive, look, I, 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 I mostly agree with you, but I still think that defensive play by holiday is what sealed it because if he doesn't do that, uh, it's a very good chance that Devin Booker kicks that uh, ball out to uh, Chris Paul for a potential game-winning jump shot. I mean, yes, we would have had the ball back and could have theoretically scored, but uh, I don't love our chances in the half court. We're not a we're not a great half court team, and so I mean that steal and run up the court and uh, to find a streaking Giannis. For the alley of dunk, I mean, has to has to go down as one of the top 10, 15 plays ever of, yeah, of history. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I, I so outside of that one play, I know you guys were freaking out there. I gotta, I gotta hear your uh, um, roller coaster of emotions on the last three minutes because the Bucks were up ten with under three minutes to play. And obviously, obviously they had a play with under a minute left to have, uh, to have the lead loss. So I'm just curious, like your emotions there. Yeah. So I'll start with this. Um, so it was me, uh, my boyfriend and another friend that were watching the game uh, at my place. And I won't lie after the first quarter, I'm like, well, this was a waste of time. Like, you know, we didn't show up to play it's over. There's no chance they're coming back from 16 down. I don't care if it was that early or not uh, on the road, but that crowd, that crowd was loud. Uh, and I mean, it sounded like the, the roof was going to be blown off the building there. And I'm just like, there's absolutely 0.0% chance we are coming back on this. And uh, the rest of the, you know, the uh, folks in my apartment were also as, uh, equally as dejected. And when they came back so quickly in the second quarter, led by holiday and Middleton, uh, and a little bit of, of, of uh, Portis and Lopez mixed in there as well. And the second we cut it to eight, which was very early in the second quarter, I'm like, we can win this game. Because generally speaking, there's one of two ways you can go when you're up or excuse me, when you're well, when you're up or down 16. The, the team that's up, or down, up 16 can blow it out to 25 or 30. And at that point, then it becomes almost impossible. Or um, the team that's down can cut it to single digits you know, say going into the halftime, that's all I was saying. Let's, let's just cut this down to single digits by eight or nine going into the half and, and, and we've got a chance. Okay. And to do so, so quickly, I mean, it was like within the first few minutes of the second quarter, then I'm like, Oh my gosh, we can, we can win this game. They responded like they have so many times throughout the postseason. So that was the first emotion I had was 
when they came back so quickly to cut it down to eight, they basically cut it in half. I said, we have a chance. Then when they tied it, I think they had a one point lead at one point in the second quarter. Um, and obviously they ended up at halftime tied. I'm like, okay, we can most definitely win this game. We took the gut punch. Uh, we took the home crowd noise, you know, uh, right in the stomach and, and responded. And so, well, I didn't think there was a guarantee we were going to win the game by any stretch. I was just like, okay, we at least got a chance now. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful this is going to be at least a game. And then obviously they really responded. They, they just continued the onslaught really in the second half. And then when they took a 14 point lead, I think it was uh, with maybe nine or 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I'm like, okay, same thing that I just said a minute ago. I'm like, well, this is when teams can stretch this to 20 or 25 or where the other team is going to get it back down to seven or eight. And unfortunately for the Bucks, they got down seven or eight. And so at that point, I'm like, well, gosh, I, I still think we can win. But they responded with just, you know, really, really clutch bucket after clutch bucket. And then they, as you mentioned, they got it, they got it to a 10-point lead again with a few minutes to go. And I'm like, we got this, but this is going to be the last gasp from Phoenix, their last major ditch effort, because Phoenix knows if they lose this one, they are pretty much toast for the series. And so you knew you were going to get one final push from them, which sure enough, we got. And um, they cut all the way down to a one-point lead before the before the steal from Holiday and the alley up to Giannis. And I, I, I can absolutely just quickly, I got to recount that emotion from that play. I was just sitting there silent prior to it happening, just praying that they just missed, you know, because we had played pretty good defense most of the game and they just hit tough shot after tough shot. And then the second holiday stripped that ball away, I started just jumping up and down like crazy. Cause I was like, well, gosh, at the very least here, you know, uh, we get fouled and we can, you know, push this up to three, which means the best the Suns can do is tie. And all of a sudden I saw down in the bottom of the screen that Giannis was streaking. And uh, I saw holiday start to like, not back it up and keep running. And then he started to let the ball loose. I'm like, oh, no, he didn't. <laughs> that was the first thing that went through my mind. I'm like, <laughs> that, that, no. that was me. There was a split second that said, like, what are you doing? I know. Because there's almost – there's only – I don't want to say only bad that can come from it because obviously something very good came from it. But you, you feel like the, the risk far, far outweighs the upside in that case of trying Especially when you got Holiday. It's not like Giannis had the ball in his hands and it's like get rid of it. It's like – Holiday probably would have made the free throws, but well, right, 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 right. Yeah, exactly. He could have backed it up or at least given it to Middleton. Middleton's a really good free throw shooter. I mean, uh, which is actually kind of surprising that he missed that one towards the end of the game. He's like a 91% free throw shooter or something uh, crazy like that. Uh, but Holiday's a good passer, obviously. And so, you know, and, 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 and the thing with Giannis is, is that he's such a freak in a good way that it really is like throwing a jump ball up to say Randy Moss. Uh, you know, type of thing where you just throw it up there and you've got like a 95% chance he's just going to get it. And even if he doesn't put it in, he's either going to get fouled or, um, you know, it's uh, it's probably not going to be a, necessarily a turnover. I don't know. But I just, I, 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 I guess maybe in hindsight, I look back and say it wasn't the worst decision. But I mean, I still, I still in the moment was like, oh no. And then, and then I was like, oh my God. God, then I then I started when I saw the pass go when the pass was maybe about halfway through. Then I started screaming yes because it looked like it was on target and looked like it had a really chance, good chance to work out. And then when he put it in and the foul was called, I mean, I was just going freaking ballistic. I mean, that was just, I mean, that one single moment where he slammed that through, I just, I just all of a sudden felt like we are winning the title even though obviously I'm getting ahead of myself here, there's still a game six to go. I just felt at that moment, even if you missed the free throw, which you did, I'm just like, they are winning this title. That was such an iconic finals moment, a top 20, if not top 10 finals moment, maybe top five finals moment of all time um, to really, really swing the series. Obviously going up three, two is a big difference in going down three, two, especially when you're going home for game six. And so I just, I just, screamed so loud not just because it was such an awesome play which it was but because i truly felt at that moment like we had won the title even though we hadn't and i still know there's a long way to work long way to go but it just signaled to me this team is going to do it 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, we talked about this last time. It's, it, I don't see him losing to Milwaukee, especially if you're there. <laughs> yes. We haven't <laughs> talked about that. I, so let's just, let's just give a little quick little rundown on that before we talk about okay. the rest of game five and game six. So here was the way I strategized this entire finals situation. So for those of you that don't know out there, uh, I'm originally from Wisconsin. That's why I'm a diehard Bucks fan. I've been a Bucks fan since 1988. I moved to San Francisco 2001, moved to LA about eight months ago. So I've been in California for 20 years. And since I moved out here to California, uh, there's been one title, which is the Packers uh, in 2010 that, uh, that, that I've seen win. I did go back to Wisconsin for the Super Bowl, but the Super Bowl is easy. You know what day it is. There's only one day. There's only one game. So you just plan around that and you go back for that. And, and, and there you go. And then you plan the whole thing around that with a, with a sport where all the other sports where it's a best of seven, it's much harder. And so here was the way I calculated this uh, going into this series. I said, look, no way the bucks are going to sweep winning in four games. Okay. And then there is maybe a small, small chance they might uh, get swept or lose the first three and then obviously have no chance to come back after that, um, you know, because no team has ever come back from 3-0 down. And so I said both those chances and likely are small. But if they, it does happen, okay, look, if some of the Bucks were up 3 nothing, 3 nothing, I'd quickly buy a plane ticket to go back and go to game four or fine, okay? You know, I'd just pay through the roof for that and whatever. But I didn't think that was going to happen. And conversely, if they were down 3 nothing, well, I'm like, there's no way I want to go back for game four. I mean, I'm not, that's going to be a bad experience. And even if they win the game, it's like going to be who cares? So, um, so that was that. So I knew I didn't want to go back for games three and four. Then the only other game I could go to would be game six. And so, you know, in terms of the way that would play out, I'm like, look, I feel pretty good about our chances to win games three and four because we're, we've been such a great home team. We have such a great home court advantage. And so if they win both games three and four, it's guaranteed to go to game six. That's what I want to go back for because not only can I go to game six, but game seven would have been two days after that. And so I really only had to be in Wisconsin for three or four days, right? I, I, I wouldn't have to like try and string it out for, you know, a week and a half or something like that. And so I said, look, as soon as they win game four, it's guaranteed to go to game six. That's when I'll buy the tickets. And then if they by chance lose game five, that's fine. Game six is still happening. Let's win that. And then I'll stick around for a couple more days for game seven. And by some chance they lose, then I go back early, whatever. So it was always planned to go to game six. And if it, if it went that far. And I bought the tickets the morning after they won game four. Um, so like 10 or 12 hours after they won game four, I was celebrating and I went to bed, you know, uh, after, after game four and work, had work and everything. So I didn't buy it right then, but I bought it the next morning and um, you know, it was, it was not cheap. So, you know, uh, I, I was a little bit annoyed, but I was like, whatever, this is the finals, who cares? And so then I was going, you know, into game five saying, my gosh, if we can win game five, holy shit, they will be playing for the title at the game I go to. And so that was the biggest reason I was so disappointed with the first quarter last night was I was just like, damn, like I really wanted to have a chance at least to win game five so that they have a chance to win the whole thing in game six. And so I think for me, like that's one of the biggest jubilation moments that I had from the game last night was that I am going to freaking game six where they can win the whole thing. I mean, it's one thing to even just be in Milwaukee when it happens, which, you know, if they were on the road, cool. Uh, but to actually be at the game where it happens, I mean, this is like, I mean, this is stuff sports fans dream of. Like, this is, this is not something just that everybody gets a chance to have in their lives. And yeah, you know, maybe you can go to a Super Bowl or something, you know, when you're, when your team is playing, but, you know, to be able to go to an actual, I mean, many, many teams win titles on the road, right? So uh, to be able to win it in your home building and to be able to go to it after being a fan of the team for 33 years, um, this is something very, very special. And I just really hope they seal the deal on Tuesday, bring it home, uh, put that, put that title, uh, you know, in the record books and bring, a title to all of us long-suffering Bucks fans. So that's how mm. all of this played out. And, if, and and here's one last thing: the 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 tickets that we bought, uh, they're in the first few rows of the upper deck because uh, the tickets in the lower bowl were really expensive. Uh, they have now more than doubled since they won Game Five. 
So, uh, so I did it. I played it all perfectly, in my opinion, from strategy to timing of purchase to going back. All this stuff is just it's just worked out perfectly. So I'll take some of the credit, but of course, I got to give Bucks a lot of that credit too. <laughs> nah, I think I think most of the credit goes to you for their win. <laughs> oh, I did it all, man! I got. And, you know, here's, the, here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. So I have been wearing my old school purple Ray Allen jersey every game of the finals that they've won. So the first two games, I did not wear that. And I've won it the last three games. So naturally, I'm a very superstitious person. Naturally, I feel the need to wear it. But I, I don't really want to wear a Ray Allen jersey to the actual game. So uh, I'm actually going to get a new green uh, Bucks jersey because I like those two. I like the black ones a lot as well. But um, Well, you I'm can't gonna... just break the streak. Well, hang on. Here's what I'm going to do. So here's the plan. I'm going to get a green Giannis jersey while I'm in Milwaukee. And then I'm going to wear that to the game. And if by some chance things are not going well, I will bring the purple jersey with me and I will switch. Um, and, and that's okay. Like, I, you can do stuff like that. Uh, definitely from a superstition uh, rules perspective, you're allowed to do things to do that. There's another thing, too. You might want to put that in a lockbox on the plane, too, just in case you run into a Suns fan or something. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm not, I'm not too worried about that, but, uh, <laughs> but, but there's one of the, there's one of the superstition thing too. So I have been drinking stag, uh, wine is a Chardonnay out of, uh, Santa Barbara, uh, since they started winning game three, it's got a big, uh, logo of deer antlers on the label of it. It's a white Chardonnay. And I've been drinking that since game three as well too. And so, uh, I, it's, it's, you know, a stag is a, is a deer and, uh, it's got a big deer on the label. So I got to I got to drink that. I can't bring a bottle in to game four, but I am going to bring a bottle on the plane, check it in. And I'm going to, we're going to drink it before the game starts. And that will, uh, that will be the other, uh, piece of superstitious luck that I'm bringing with me. Uh, for the game and then we are going to scream our freaking lungs out and make it so impossible for the suns to hear anything and uh bring this baby home let's go that's gonna be (laughs) yeah that's exciting man i'm happy for you yeah and like here's the thing too i mean i i you know i've seen the packers win two super bowls in my lifetime in 96 and in 2010 uh i wasn't in a financial position to go to either those two games um but uh, and I've never seen until this year, uh, the Brewers have only made one world series, um, in my lifetime when I was four years old, uh, in 1982. Um, so I'm obviously not old enough to go to that. And, um, the Bucks have never made the finals until now. So from a perspective of having a chance to actually go see them in a finals, this is the first time ever. And so long-suffering Bucks fans since 1988, uh, this, is, uh, this is a special moment. And that's why I'm just saying, like, these moments come so few and far between. I'm just really hoping they can seal the deal and bring it home on Tuesday. Now, look, if by some chance they lose and then they win on Thursday, uh, okay. But I just think it's going to be so hard. It, look, it, it'll be such a momentum swing back the other way. If they somehow lose at home where they have been unstoppable, you know, uh, in the playoffs – I just, I just don't see them finding a way to win game seven in Phoenix. They've got to take care of business on Tuesday. They must take care of it. They're unbelievable at home. The crowd is going to be off the hook. They, in my opinion, are the better team. That gives them what I believe to be a 90-plus percent chance to win this game. They've got to freaking do it. Um, I will stick around in Milwaukee till Thursday if they don't uh, to watch game seven with everybody else because you never know. But I don't want to have to even think about that. Let's just take care of business on Tuesday. You don't get these chances all the time. Momentum could switch in a heartbeat. Make it happen. And I think they will. I agree. I agree. Maybe Giannis will have a third game in a row with an all-time great at the end of the game. Well, I'm actually a little bit hoping for a little bit more peace of mind like I, I i don't care if it, i don't care if it's i don't care if it's bad for tv viewing i will take a 30 point win um uh and put my mind at ease and start the celebration in the third quarter uh that would be absolutely fine by me the sons um, are gonna be up one with eight seconds left i'm calling it right no, now no 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 don't say that <laughs> <laughs> sons will be up one and then what happens 
<laughs> and then uh and then Giannis is gonna dunk it from the free throw line and we'll have the number one greatest play of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. I just I I I I think they're gonna look. I think if the Bucks allow them to hang around, like obviously if the Suns have the lead or the Suns are down by five or less, now I'd say eight or less, then yes, then the Suns will feel like they have a chance. That's why you really, that, and that's what the Suns didn't do yesterday. They didn't step on our throats, right? They kind of let us hang around. And 16 points in today's NBA, as I've said before, is really, I don't want to say it's nothing, but it, there's a big difference between being up 16 and, a, and being up 25. Really. Especially I mean, in the first quarter. Yeah. Because, it, I mean, you make three or four threes in a row and boom, you're right back in and down three or six. You know, I mean, that's just not, you know, with the, with the quality level of shooting that there is today in uh, the NBA, you can't rely on a 16-point lead, especially even in the first half, just not a little in the first quarter, carrying you through to the end. I would definitely agree 25, 30 years ago maybe even 20 years ago. I mean, you weren't coming back. You would have a very hard time coming back from that. But today's NBA, uh, the reality is, is they just, you know, are such quality shooters and elite shooters that they can, you know, fire the ball from anywhere, which we did. That's exactly how we got in the game was shooting. I mean, it wasn't really even uh, driving the hoop. It was a little bit of rebounding and a little bit of uh, just getting loose balls and that sort of thing. But it was mostly, um, it was mostly just, you know, Holiday and, and Middleton going off shooting. Uh, to get back into it. So, you know, given that's the case, it's like, I mean, man, I mean, if the Bucks get up 15 in, in game six, I don't, I'm not going to go like, Oh yeah, game's over. I'm going to feel good. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. They need to step on it. It's uh, yeah, it's in, kind of interesting. Everything we talked about last time, we, we knew that uh, the trio had to have one good game together in Phoenix. Yeah. I, 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 I would probably agree with that. I still think they could have won a game in Phoenix which is two of the three. Um, I don't know, though. They uh, they literally had all three of them, uh, what, what, right around 30 points, and they yeah. they had a chance to lose that game. Yeah. So, so it's I'm tough look, to say if one of those guys didn't step up that, that yeah, they go and win that game still. I, I will agree with you that the Suns' offense at home is much more elite than it is on the road. Okay? So that is – that's a for sure. I mean, their their offense um, on at home is like really really good. I mean, they they are tough to stop at home, and so I I, I kind of agree with you, uh, but I also think two of the three doing very well, maybe the third doing okay, and then folks like you know Connaughton and Lopez stepping up, you know, would be enough to win a game. Um, so it, it, it would be interesting to, to, to try and understand how the game, how the final few minutes of the game would have played out if the Bucks were only up six or seven versus 10 to 14. Um, and, you know, you never know how that would have changed the, uh, the, the, fl- the flow or the, the sequence after that. I mean, you can't just say immediately they would have lost because um, who knows how the approach would have been by both teams from that point on. But yeah. um, I, you're right. I mean, combined, they had uh, Holiday, Milton, and Giannis had a combined 88 points, uh, which is almost, um, you know, 30 each. Uh, so clearly, you know, they, they all three were very elite, um, and all of them shot, I believe, over 50% uh, from the field. Uh, so very, very efficient. Um, and the guy contributions, I mean, I think Contents just had absolutely on fire playoffs, uh, excuse me, from yeah. the bench. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's actually leading both teams in the number of threes made. So, I mean, that's pretty crazy. So let's, okay, let's talk a little bit about, um, let's talk a little bit about game six. So I think, you know, I think it's clear that the reason the Bucks won this game was, game five was uh, stellar play from uh, the big three. Um, you know, clearly the play, that holidays play, uh, the steal and LU to Giannis, uh, which, you know, so let's just call it a clutch defensive two-way play, a, cut, a clutch two-way play there, uh, which was, which is awesome. And uh, as well as what I consider to be uh, the fringe plays of out hustling, out rebounding, uh, loose balls, just little nitty gritty plays like the, the Portis play where he threw it off a Crowder 
you know, going yeah, sailing and, out of bounds. And the uh and the missed free throw by Giannis on the alley. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So Giannis misses a free throw. He taps it back to Middleton, who's obviously one of the best free throw shooters in the league. Uh, surprisingly, Middleton missed the first. I'm like, oh God, here we go. Uh, but he nailed the second one cleanly. So that was that, and that sealed the deal. Um, so, anyways, uh, yeah, they win the the Bucks because of their length and their size. They win a lot of those fringe plays. They win the loose balls. They win those those rebounds that are are kind of tough to get. I mean, so many times, um, you know, the Suns would miss. I'm like, oh, great, they're gonna get an offensive rebound. And there was Connaughton like leaping sideways and up to get a rebound or obviously Giannis who, you know, who had, uh, you know, a lot of rebounds too. So, um, but we did not, we did not rebound that by that much 37 to 35. Uh, so it was not a, not a huge rebounding edge. Um, yeah, it was, just, it was just the big rebounds, the big rebounds, the most, the most important rebounds and uh, limiting the Suns to not too many offensive rebounds as well. So yeah. I, I, I think those are the three reasons they won the game. So going into game six, couple of things. One, clearly they'll have a, a great home court advantage. Um, they always do. They always play well at home. The only game they've lost at home in the playoffs so far was game one to the Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals when they were up by seven with, what, three minutes ago, and they just couldn't re- – they couldn't get an offensive – they couldn't get a defensive rebound, and the Hawks had like five or six offensive rebounds in the last few minutes to win the game. So that's the only game at home they've lost in the playoffs. They've notoriously always played very, very well at home in the playoffs, always done very well. I don't, in fact, they are – uh, 15 and three, I believe all time uh, at Pfizer forum at Pfizer forum. Uh, they lost game one of the Eastern conference semis to the Celtics game five to uh, in the Eastern conference finals to the Raptors, both in 2019 and then lost uh, game one, as I mentioned, the Eastern conference finals this year. So they're like 15 and three uh, at home in the playoffs at Pfizer. So it's a, it's a great home court advantage. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. So that gives them a huge advantage. That's worth plus three or four points right there. Right. And the line for the game is minus five, uh, which I think is about right. Uh, Bucks minus five. And so, but, but what else, like what else, what else, what else in your opinion do the Bucks need to do in game six to, to bring home the title? Honestly, I I'm, I'm kind of with you. I think it's going to be a blowout. I don't see the Suns recovering from that game. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, and you can talk about all the stuff that the Bucks need to do, but I just think they need to go out and play their defense, and uh, and just ride that. I think this one's a little bit different. I think uh, I think Giannis comes out. I think I'm I'm happy for Giannis, man. He uh, he's really proved himself as like one of the all time greats. Uh, yeah. I- I was just listening to Bill Simmons' podcast right before this, and I mean, he said it perfectly. Like, I mean, as a diehard Bucks fan, I you know love him, um, but even I started after last year's playoff exit to the Heat, started to have some doubts about whether he could lead them. You know, all yeah, the way. yeah, exactly. Like, like is is he just like a freak athlete? Exactly. Like, versus- can, can he actually lead a team to the to a championship? Hundred percent, and you know, and and I I I'd, I'd say even many Bucks fans started to feel that way after the after the loss of the Heat last year. Now think about this: as as Simmons talked about, if Durant's big toe is not on the line, and I'm sure the three would have still gone in. Um, I mean, you never know; possibly, might not have. It's not like he rattled it in or something. It was a pretty clean shot. Um, you know, if that three goes in and his toes behind the line, now are we having a whole different? conversation about Giannis and yes we are yes (laughs) you know and about I I mean and part of the reason for that is like we we would have never got to see what he did in the finals like two two in a row 40 point games uh he's had two of the greatest plays of all time like that that alley-oop was so good we haven't even talked about the block I'm pretty sure that was since the last yeah that that block was absolutely unreal Hundred percent, and and not just that. I mean, he got like pretty brutally injured in Game Four against the Hawks, you know. Yeah. And and I mean, the fact that he even came back for this year's playoffs, let alone maybe came back for next year, but came back for this year's playoffs and has played at such a high level for the finals um, is just. I I mean, it is it is it is it is mind blowing what he has done in the last few weeks of, uh, well, the Eastern Conference Finals and then coming back after that gruesome 
uh, knee injury to be able to play at this. I, I thought he was done. When I saw that knee bend backwards, I thought he was done. Done as in done for the season? It's done for the season. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. No, I agree. Yeah. So I thought he would come back next year. And then, of course, you know. Oh, knows yeah, for sure. For sure. He could have rehabbed. But, yeah, I thought it was going to be way worse. But, yeah, it's funny, that Bill Simmons thing. Because, yeah, if if Durant was an inch back, then the – I, I don't know outside I mean, outside of maybe Bucks fans, but maybe even still Bucks fans. It's like, hey, like they they lost to a beat up uh, Nets team. Like Giannis, Giannis couldn't do it again, and now now we're sitting one one game away from being like, okay, Giannis Giannis is going to be in the uh, best in the world conversation now with uh, LeBron and Durant. Yeah, and let me just say one thing about the Nets the Nets team, them having one and a half superstars is uh, still a tough out. I mean, a tough, you know, uh, a tough team to play. And also Especially one of them's Durant. Yeah, exactly. I mean, come on. He's a top 10 player of all time. I mean, he's maybe 10, yeah. but he's still a top 10 player of all time. Uh, so, and still one of the top three or four players in the game right now. Uh, so I don't want to, you know, even hear about that. Plus, I mean, they formed a team artificially. I mean, so I don't want to hear about like, oh, well, if they were healthy, well, yeah, but, you know, I'm sorry, karma karma is a thing. And, you know, I mean, when you uh, basically engineer a team, uh, you know, in that manner to form a super team versus draft and develop and make shoot trades. I mean, the Bucks, the Bucks are a throwback. The Bucks are a throwback to how it should be done. Not one of, not one of, their, not one of their players is a lottery pick. And they, you know, scouted amazingly well to draft Giannis. Uh, shrewd trade. Uh, to get Middleton, what, eight, nine years ago uh, for Brandon Jennings. Shrewd uh, trade to get Drew Holiday. Um, you know, uh, other pieces that they brought in. Uh, Lopez re-signing him. Um, yeah. Great, great trade to get Tucker. Although he hasn't been great this series, but he was instrumental in the series against the Nets and critical for that. Um, re-signing Connaughton. I mean, a little bit higher than people would like to pay for, but whatever. Uh, yeah. Bringing in even Brent Forbes, who probably hasn't done a lot. Uh, in, in the last two series, but he was in, helpful in the Miami series, you know? And so anyways, the bottom line is they've done things the right way. So it's also a feel good story too. And I think. I, sure. I just, Especially after the last couple of years and them getting bounced and them getting uh, like so many non bucks fans, just kind of like shitting on them. Right. It's like, I, I was really pulling them for, for him this year. I all the time in the East, but especially after the jazz went out, I kind of became a bucks fan this year. Yeah, and I, I think there's such an easy team to root for. Giannis is like one of the most likable people on the planet. His press yes. con- his press conferences are an absolute hoot. I mean, I mean he is, and, and they've they've got like some back back locker room uh, like footage that they do, and Giannis just seems like a good dude. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, he is he is he is the real deal. He is genuine as it gets. He is as humble as it gets. He's as great of a leader as you would ever want on your team. Um, he handles the media perfectly. He isn't a, a jerk. Uh, he doesn't, you know, come out and say awful things. He doesn't uh, just spout his head off on social media. He's not trying to form a super team or do any of that nonsense. Uh, he really reminds me a lot in a lot of ways of the competitiveness and leader, honestly, that Jordan was, you know, I mean, Jordan, you know, would never, never have teamed up with Larry Bird and Magic Johnson to go try and win a title. Never, 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 never. Um, no way, no way, no way in hell. Um, and, and you know, Giannis is almost the same way, except I, I would even say Giannis is uh, probably even better from a, a teammate leader perspective than maybe even Jordan was because uh, Jordan's teammates respected him and, and almost probably feared him. But, uh, you know, uh, Giannis' teammates, like, love him. Like, it's... it's yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Right. And so that's, that's, that's pretty awesome that, that, you know, we have that. Okay. So going into game six, sure. I get, there's a, there's definitely probably a, let's call it a 40% chance the Bucks win by 15 or more. I'm not saying that there's not in game six. Um, I'd say there's also a 40% chance they win by between four and 10 points, uh, 10% mm. chance. They win that, by that's going to than... be, that's going to be my game six long shot bet. I'm going to, I'm going to find the odds on Bucks by 15. Yeah, I could see. I could see giving them a, give them forty percent chance of that, forty percent chance of winning b- between four and ten, ten uh, percent chance of winning by less than four, and a ten percent chance of losing the game is basically what I would put basically the numbers at. Yeah, yeah, I I can get there. I can get yeah. behind that. Yeah. So if we are to look at the keys to let's just 
let's just say winning. Okay. Winning in that 80% bracket of between four and uh, more points. Okay. So four to 15, four to 20, whatever it is. So uh, home crowd talked about that. Um, I still would like to see them start with a lineup of um, Giannis, Holiday, Middleton, uh, Connaughton, and Lopez, or uh, Connaughton and Tucker. Um, I want. I would yeah. like to see Connaughton in the starting lineup, and I think Tucker is not. He's just not the right fit for the series. Although he did play well in that last play against Booker. Um, but, and I think Lopez could be, I, I like to see Lopez not in the same lineup as, as Giannis. I think it's better for them to trade off in that standpoint. So I, I think like part of me says, Lily, you just don't mess with a good thing. But part of me also says they didn't start off game five, five well at all. And when they went to yeah, that alternate lineup, they played better. There. Oops, I ahead. think, I think Lopez, I think Lopez only belongs on the court in this series when Giannis is off the court, which is, right. which is hopefully never in game six. Yeah. I mean, he, he probably needs to blow for six or seven minutes. I'm okay with him playing four yeah. minutes. Um, and, and maybe, maybe, maybe Lopez doesn't play only six minutes. Maybe there are some lineups where they play together, but I just don't think he should be starting. Like I think Connaughton is so kind of on fire right now and playing good, not just shooting three, but also rebounding and playing good defense. I think yeah, he should get the start to the others. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. He's so it, good for that team. And it's, it's, it's a perfect matchup. So maybe Connaughton wasn't the right fit in the net series and Tucker was, but Connaughton is the right fit in this series. And Tucker isn't really doing a lot to be frank. I mean, he just, he just isn't, um, he's not a great, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't think him guarding, um, you know, uh, bridges or, um, you know, whatnot is, is really the, the right play. So I, I would like to see, I would like to see, uh, I think I think I think I'm okay with Lopez, I guess, starting, but Conton should be starting too. And so that would mean Tucker sitting. So either Tucker or Lopez sits, but I want I want Conton out there. I want Conton playing, I want Conton playing 38 minutes is what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I uh yeah, I think uh, obviously there's a lot that goes in every game, but I just don't see that defensive intensity at home faltering. I think that's it. If they if they can just lock down like they do, it's like I don't even think they have to have that great of an offensive game. In fact, I think uh, I think we're under two hundred five. I, I wonder after that that high scoring last game, uh, I wonder what the over under is. But I think I'm going to take the under. Yeah, I haven't I haven't checked. Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if the if Game Six went back to a defensive struggle uh, for. Uh, you know, for for the Bucks and for the Suns, um, I would be surprised if it didn't. Yeah, but you never know. I mean, um, the thing that's interesting here is that let me just check the uh, over under really fast here. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm it's two twenty two. Two twenty two. Two twenty two. Yeah, I wouldn't be that surprised if it went over though. Um, so I mean, I I mean the Bucks. You know, I mean, no, no. Hey, take it, Mark. Let's jump on that. <laughs> the, the the bucks the only thing that worries me about the bucks is uh i and reason why i'll take the under is i think i don't know i could see them coming out a little bit flat you know what i mean just trying to be perfect they're they're trying to lock down a title and it's like just trying not to make mistakes i think they might not play as loose for the first like quarter or two uh, and I think the sun's the same. And I think if I think if we can get that result, I think two twenty two is going to be tough to hit. Yeah, not necessarily. I mean, what did they win game three? One twenty to one hundred. So I mean, they came out and scored and played pretty. I mean, so that almost hit the two twenty two. That, that's the, that's the under though. I know, but by one basket, so I mean, you throw <laughs> throw one more basket in there and you you've lost it, right? So I I. I you know, I, I I don't know. I could easily see the Bucks winning 115, 110 or uh, 120, 105 um, type of thing. So I don't think it's a I don't think it's a guarantee that it goes under. I, I would probably lean towards that um, if I was you know really thinking about it uh, or really you know if I was betting actually I should say um, right now I can't do any sports betting because uh, you know we've got a 
uh, important gaming licenses in front of us. So yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't, I can't, I can't do any of that stuff right now. Um, but, uh, but anyways, uh, I, I, I would probably lean towards that, but I'm not, I, I think the better bet is actually Bucks uh, just, five? no, I actually think it's bucks on the money line. Yes. It's minus two ten. Uh, yes. You're giving up a lot. Uh, but I just, I just don't see this team losing at home unless there's something really weird, you know, that happens. I mean, it just, it would have to be, uh, I would say, I would say the Suns winning would be one of the biggest finals, game six would be one of the biggest finals upsets in the last 20, 25 years. Um, I mean, it usually doesn't happen. Uh, the Spurs, I believe, lost game six to the Heat uh, back in the whatever playoffs it was when Ray Allen hit the uh, when they when they blew it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would that would have been a big that that but that is that would probably be the other biggest upset, right? So I, you know, they were the better team. The Spurs were definitely the better team in that series, um, and they you know choked it away. And I, I I think it's pretty clear that Bucks are the better team in this series. They have more depth. They have the best player in the world on their on their team, and um, or the best at least the best player in the court on their team. Um, I, I just, I, I don't, I think the Bucks defense is also better than the Suns. I, I really do. I think, I think the Suns have stayed in this series because of very elite shooting with very good defense played by the Bucks, especially in game, uh, two. So, uh, anyways, I really do, uh, believe that, you know, this one is right for the taking. So at minus 210, I still think that's good value. Yeah. Minus 210. I, I would I don't know I am big on the Bucks right now I, I would probably uh, maybe I'll even parlay this I'm gonna go minus five and uh, uh, under under yeah I, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's bad value I don't or or, or money line parlayed with the under just to get a little extra juice right there yeah I I, I don't think that's bad value uh, I I think minus five is the right number I think to get minus three or minus three and a half for being at home yeah. And then another minus one to one and a half, uh, minus one to two, minus one and a half to two for uh, just, I think, being a better team uh, and also having the momentum on their side. So uh, maybe even minus four for being at home just because it is such a good home court. So uh, in a neutral court, I think these two teams would be pretty even. I, I think I think maybe maybe half a point to a point to the Bucs. Um, but I, I do think at, uh, on a neutral court, it would be it would be pretty close. So I do think a lot of the minus five has the home court baked into it. Yeah, absolutely. It does. Yeah. hundred percent. But I mean, you have to bake it in because the bucks are just better at home. So, so we got to do this only because this is a podcast for everybody, not just bucks fans, but we got it. We got to, I got to ask the question, even though I don't want to hear the answer. Uh, what, what is the one thing the Suns could do to win game six? What would it take for them to win Game six uh, I, I think it's going to take a big game from Chris Paul. I think I, I don't I think he needs to get more involved in the scoring a little bit. Uh, I, I mean, Booker, I think Booker's at the point in his career where he's one of those. He's going to get his guys. Um, but Chris Paul can show up and I, I think he's he's scored 40 at least once this postseason. Uh, and he's had some huge games. Uh, I think he needs to get more involved in uh, in the scoring. Yeah, I I, I I hear you, but like getting more involved in the scoring, I, I think a couple things. First of all, he's old. Second of all, he you know is not probably 100% healthy. Third of all, he was trying to earlier in the game and he just couldn't make anything. Uh, and obviously, he came away. Well, well, yeah, but that that's the thing is like he can though. Like that dude can go off because yeah, I know he did. I mean, that's that's why they came back in the fourth quarter was mostly him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, knocking a lot of big shots down. So um, I don't disagree, but I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things. Well, sure. I mean, but then it just comes down to, does he make shots or not? Right. But I think there's actually a couple strategic moves with, I'm not going to talk about right now. Cause if by some chance someone is listening, someone important is listening. I don't want them to, <laughs> I don't want them to steal. I know there's one thing actually that the Suns could do that. I really am praying that they don't do. And we will talk about it after game six, after the Bucks win, because uh, I, I will write it down on a piece of paper. So you know that I'm not uh, making it up, but I'm not going to bring it up now. And I'm just, I'm just crossing my fingers. To yeah. Jay J- J- Crowder is going to score like 40. And no, no, it's not that. Gonna, no, it's, gonna something, be like, oh, it's something the coach, it, it's something the coach could control. 
coach can't control the shooting, but it's something the coach can control from a lineup perspective that I don't want to see them do. And I'm not going to talk about it until later this week. Um, but I, uh, yeah, as far as like, you know, just kind of the, the, the thought of, well, the Suns can win if they shoot better. Well, okay. You can say that about the Orlando magic too. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I also think Paul just needs to shoot more. I was looking at the, uh, um, let me see here. Suns box. Uh, yeah. How many shots? And, and I think he does. I think he needs to go out. Let me see here. I'm trying to see if I can see his, uh, Google's not giving it to me. I don't know how many shots he took, but I know Booker took like, yeah, but Booker has been out shooting him by a ton, which, which rightfully so in my opinion, but I think Paul on an elimination game, I think he needs to shoot more. And that's, that's what I'm talking about. I don't think think he needs to take the same amount of shots and make more. I think that dude just needs to shoot more this game. I think he needs to put it on his shoulders. Paul took 15 shots, made nine of them. So obviously that's a great percentage, um, but he didn't yeah. start. He, he started out poorly though. Um, and so he really came on at the end. You could be right on that, but the Suns as a team, I mean, if you go down the box score, uh, you know, Crowder was four for seven. I'm talking about from the field, um, four for seven from the field, two for four from three. Bridges was five for six from the field, three for three from three. Uh, Aiton was seven for 12 from the field, didn't take a three. Uh, Paul was nine of 15 from the field, three of three from three. Booker, 17 of 33, two of four from three. Uh, Torrey Craig, nothing to write home about. Uh, Cam Johnson, two of three from the field, two of two from three. And Payne, three of seven from the field, didn't take a three. Nobody, only only two bench players shot less than 50%. Craig Man. and Payne. And so, I mean, they, they threw the stat out there that um, – that the Suns shot 68 point, yeah, they shot 68.4% from three. They became the first team ever to shoot like greater than 50% from the field, uh, from the field and greater than 60% from three and lose. I believe it was a playoff game with non-playoff game and finals game. I'd have to double check that. But anyways, yeah, that's the absurd. Suns numbers are insane. Yeah. Uh, the Bucks are too. The, the Bucks shot 57% and 50 from three. And then they shot at 52 from the free throw line, but the sun shot 90. Right. So maybe, maybe, maybe really what the key for the Suns is you just have to hope the Bucks don't shoot as well. Because I think if, if, if the Bucks, if the Bucks shoot like they did yesterday at home, it's over. It's just over. Well, well of no course chance. it is. But at the same time, the, there's no chance that the Suns put that, those numbers up again. Well, that's kind of what I'm saying. So let's, 68. Let's assume, okay. This this is a better question. Then. Let's assume, but the Bucks and the Suns don't put up the same shooting percentage numbers that they did in Game Five. Then what do the Suns have to do to beat the Bucks? I I honestly I have no idea. I I'm I'm completely on the Bucks train for this one. I can't see any like real path to victory uh, for the Suns here unless like unless they just get carried by either Booker or Paul and they have like the game of their life. That's the only thing I'm seeing right now. And I guess you're seeing like a lineup switch. Yeah. I won't talk about that, but I, I'll give, I'll give something. I would, I'll say one of the thing that I think this is not to do with strategy, but probably has to do do with execution, which is uh, I think they should probably be trying to feed the ball into eight and a little bit more as well too. Only not because of the fact that, I mean, they're certainly shooting great, but if they're not shooting, if they're, if they kind of come back down to earth shooting wise, um, you know, and the Bucks do, what do the Bucks do? They go inside, they go inside of Giannis, they go inside of Lopez, um, that type of thing, right? They, they play good defense. And so, you know, if I'm the Suns and, and, and I'm, you know, obviously if they're shooting lights out, well, then that's one thing, but if they don't, then they probably have to probably take a page on the Bucks book. Uh, and start going, you know, down low. Now, I don't think Aiden's. I, mean, I don't think Aiden's obviously nowhere near as good as Giannis, so he probably won't be able to execute that well. Um, but that actually is probably one of the biggest problems, and one of the reasons why the Bucks uh, are leading the series is because we also have Lopez, uh, we also have Bobby Portis. Uh, it's Aiden and nobody else. <laughs> I mean, geez, like seriously, like I mean, the Suns. Yes, Kaminsky's terrible. Right. Um, oh, so by the way, so the stat from StatMuse on Twitter was 
which is I just I, I slightly misquoted it. Uh, the Suns are the first team in NBA history to lose a playoff game shooting 55% from the field and 60% from three. That's pretty insane. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, that is, that is pretty, that is pretty remarkable. Um, that just shows you like just how, I mean, hot the Bucks were. I think they said the expected field goal percentage was like six, uh, 19 percentage points higher um, than it normally would have been. Uh, the field goal, the Bucks field goal percentage was, uh, 57.5%. And I think they were saying it's, uh, yeah, I don't know, somewhere in there, but, um, you know, should have been like, you know, in the low 40s or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, um, I think there will be some variance that comes back, you know, you know, from a, a regression perspective for the Bucks. Although, you know, you can go on a hot streak for multiple games. It's not like you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm liking our chances. Um, it's going to be, a, a, you know, the last two games have been, Super entertaining. I mean, the first three games were fine too. Uh, the last two games for non Bucks or non Suns fans were super entertaining. I'd rather have some breathing room. I hope to have some breathing room uh, in Game Six. And so, uh, but this is just going to be super exciting. Uh, it's a you know moment of a lifetime from a sports fans' perspective, and I freaking can't wait. So, yeah, um, it's going to be an, it's going to be an amazing game on Tuesday. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm excited for you. Where are your seats at? Uh, it's in the upper deck, but it's not, it's in row five. So it's not, nice. uh, it's nice. not, it's not way, way back. Um, and those were 900 each and they have now ballooned to over 19, no, over 19. Yeah. Uh, when I checked, what, what are, uh, what's like a center court, uh, like 20 rows up lower goal. Well, when I looked at for game four, those were in the 1900 range. So I passed on those. Um, just because I wanted to get two tickets. I got one for my boyfriend and my, myself. I paid for both. Um, so um, I didn't, I, I, if I was just going by myself or only paying for one seat, I would have considered a lower bowl seat. But look, let me say this about Pfizer. I've been there twice. Both times I've sat in the lower bowl. The upper deck is are great seats. They, there's not a bad seat in the building. There's a, the place only seats about 17,200. Uh, it's not a big spot. So it, I mean, even the upper deck is still, excellent seats and for a finals game i just want to be there i mean yeah uh, yeah it's more about the atmosphere and being being a fan and being part of the uh the crowd are you uh are you like center court uh i'm a little bit left behind of center. the basket I'm, no i'm not behind the basket for sure not that part i made sure so i'm i'm like two sections left of center okay yeah so that's not that bad um so two sections left of center row five and uh yeah it's pretty good uh so i'm um uh, I'm excited and it's going to be amazing and uh, should be uh, should be a moment of a lifetime. Uh, oh, by the way, so they moved the Brewers game up on Tuesday a few hours because it was set to be a, a, a night game. And obviously <laughs> they're not going to do that. So <laughs> the, the Brewers tweeted the Brewers, the Brewers account tweeted out. We want to watch the Bucks game, too. As such, we've moved the game uh, to 310. And so my boyfriend's like, well, let's go to that too. So he bought tickets to the Brewers game. So we're going to the no Brewers way. game. No way. Okay. That's, <laughs> going, that's to the... going to be a nice little Milwaukee sports day. I know. Yeah. We're going to the Brewers game at 310. Uh, but I'll tell you this. If the game goes three or three and a half hours, we're not staying there until six. six of course. Yeah. yeah. You're, 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 in, you're in the ninth inning of a meaning, meaningless game. And it's just of like a, of a, of a Of a game out of one game out of 162 in the middle of July. I'll stick around that and not go to the NBA Finals game six. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's not happening. So we'll we'll get out of there by like 5 30 or so, wherever wherever the game's at at that point. And uh, then it's only about a 15, yeah, not even that 10 minute ride over to Pfizer Forum from there. It'll probably be traffic, so maybe a little bit longer. And uh, yeah, uh, I am am just beyond, and it's good weather. Usually I go back to Wisconsin. It's usually, Christmas and usually zero degrees. So it'll be nice to go there when there's nice weather too. Um, so all in all, it should be a fun time. Awesome. Well, I'm excited for this next one. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we can get a uh, game six win for you. And then you're not, you're not depressed for the next month. Exactly. Exactly. And then we'll be, <laughs> we'll be doing a podcast uh, after the victory parade and uh, we'll all be in happy, good moods. And, uh, you know, you've, you've got your, uh, you've got your Super Bowl from this last year. So you're, you're already set for the while, for a while. You don't, you don't need to worry about any teams. And so this is my turn now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's your turn. And then we'll switch back to me. Uh, for no, 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 no. We're going to, we're going to go for the, we're going to go for the Wisconsin trifecta here. 
Bucks win the title, Brewers win the World Series, Packers win the Super Bowl. Math, I yeah, you would be uh, yeah, you, you you would be floating. That would be abs- that would be absurd, but it, it's theoretically possible. I mean, the Packers are certainly Super Bowl contenders if Rodgers comes back, and the Brewers are first place. So they should they should make the play, seven games yeah, up the they, second place they, team. Yeah, for sure. The Brewers are good. They've definitely got a better chance than the Packers. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> David, get out of here. One of these years, let me just say something. You do realize that one of these years, Tom Brady's arm is going to turn into a noodle like Peyton Manning's did, right? It's not just he's not just going to keep firing fastballs all the time. Sorry. I know, right? People keep saying that for the past. And look, I I, one little quick deviation. You got to say that if freaking Jared Cook doesn't fumble that ball for the Saints in the uh, divisional round, it, it, the Saints win that game. I mean, that's all there's to it. <laughs> At the same time, I could probably find like four or five plays that I could say the same thing on the other end. Yeah. That, 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 that's just football. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, we talked about with the Bucks with uh, Durant's, you know, big toe for sure. You got to get some, you got to get some breaks. I think what it is, is there's a little bit of a difference between, I guess the thing is, is that Jared Cook is so sure-handed with the ball. I mean, he never does that. So I think that's kind of the thing. Whereas somebody's toe being in the line, that can happen to anybody, you know, in in an NBA game. I mean, it's hard to always make sure your toe is right on the line. Um, but I just, I mean, it was pretty shocking that he did that. I think that was, for me, the bigger thing. I was like, wow, I mean, he never does that. Um, so I think that was more the reason why I brought that up. Um, plus, you know, the thing is, too, I think now with here's the other part that is very true. And this isn't just the NFL, but it's also, of course, the NBA. I think this whole season has played out very differently for the NBA. Once crowd, once crowds started coming back in, what was it? January, February, even though they were partial crowds. And then they got to like half capacity in March. And then for the most of the playoffs, they've been full crowds. And so, you know, when you look at, when you look at that, you know, I mean, the home court matters. And so then same thing with the NFL. I mean, home field is going to matter. I mean, I believe the NFC championship game, while not necessarily the Packers would have won, it would have been just a different game if there had been 80,000 fans instead of 9,000 fans. Um, and so, you know, the, the Bucks had the, the five seed. You should be doing, and you will win the division, of course, now that uh, Breeze is gone for sure. Um, but, you know, you want to make sure you get the best seed now. Like it comes back, that, that stuff really matters now that there's crowds, you know, and stuff too. So there's that element as well now. That, 16 uh, and 0. Wait, what's 16 other 17 games this season? Oh my goodness. They <laughs> I forgot that they added that. Well, they'll go 16 and 0 and then lose the last one. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that they did that. How did I forget about that? Uh, I'm not thrilled about that at all. Like it's so yeah, stupid. Yeah, I, I I don't like it either. Oh, it's such a it's such a money grab. And that's all it yes, is. It's purely it is. money grab. It, it, it's just a money grab, like we were talking about the other day. Add a Add two games at the Super Bowl and make it a make it a two out of three rather than add one regular season game. No, I don't like that. I just I'd say get rid of two of the preseason games, play two preseason, play 16 game regular season and keep it the way it is right now, because you do have with seven teams making the playoffs. Now you do have that um, extra uh, playoff game uh, in each conference already. So that's two extra games right there. Um, yeah, that's true. So, you know, that that's that's more than sufficient. So I don't understand. I really don't understand the need to, um, you know, it's just it's ridiculous. And and the Packers have to play at the Chiefs for game 17 for we for the last game. I mean, what the hell is that? I mean, that's I mean, that's completely unfair. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it's bullshit i'm sorry i i I mean i mean just think about it this way most likely the chiefs are going to be resting their team at that game so i will say yeah it's lucky they're playing well you don't know that i mean i mean maybe the pack maybe the packers are locked in the two seed or something and they're just resting too you don't know i mean i mean there's there's a if either team is locked into a particular seed they might rest so i do agree it's lucky that we're playing them the last game of the season versus week three but it's still and, and the other part of it is is Everybody in the NFC this year will have one more road game, and everyone in the AFC will have one more home game. And that switches uh, next year uh, to be. Oh, that's crazy! Right? They're just they're just setting up for uh, eighteen game season in the next couple of years. Oh, of course, of course, of course, of course, they are. This is this is this is the the stepping stone to an eighteen game season at the next collective bargaining agreement. Yeah, two or three years. 
I mean, that's all there's to it. They have to. They can't. They can't have an odd number of home and away games. Now, yes, they're doing it for everybody in the conference. So, you know, everyone, everyone in the NFC will have the same um, situation. And so, and and the Super Bowl, there is no home field. So the, there's there's no benefit to um, having home having a better record than somebody in another conference. So I guess from that perspective, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. You know, at least they at least they had their head on straight for that one, and that would have been really BS. If like half the conference would have had, uh, I don't know, you know, more home games uh, than the other or something, but, but still it's just, it and also dilutes the season a little bit more and I don't know, it just, it's just unnecessary and it's, it's dangerous. To the yeah. Players. I mean, we're going to go, we're going to go to baseball. It's like 90% of the country can't even sit through a regular season baseball game at this point. Well, okay, so baseball is a whole separate set of issues. They, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I mean, a little bit, a little bit, but like I can watch a playoff game and like when, when stakes are on the line, I think that's I think that's one thing because regular season NBA for the most part too, I have a tough time getting into at eighty two. Yeah, uh, but when we're talking like like college football or NFL, where a loss can alter a season, I. Uh, I don't know. It's just, there's just way more to get behind as a fan. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Now the NBA should go down to 70 games. Um, baseball should go down to 132. Um, just cut off, cut out April, start May 1st. Um, 132 games is sufficient. And, um, and, and the NBA should go down to 70. Hockey should go down to 70. And football should say at freaking 16. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, true. And, but the, it's, it's all a money thing. But my, my, I respond to that with, you can charge more for the tickets when there's fewer games. Why is that such a hard concept? Like, I mean, you say you want to put more games in to have more money, but you know what? Then each game means less, which means people will pay less. One of the reasons that NFL games are so expensive, uh, regular season tickets are so expensive, is because there's so few of them. One of the reasons baseball tickets are so freaking cheap is because there's so many of them. Why? I don't, why is that so hard? Like, uh, if the NBA went from 82 down to 70 games, uh, I'm, t- I'm promising you to be able to charge a little bit more. Well, I mean, it's got to be an advertisement thing too. Yeah. 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 It's, but, but same thing. Like you're going to have more viewers when there are fewer games because they are more important. I mean, it's yeah. Just... Yeah. But at the same time, when you're the NFL, I think you just get viewers. Well, yeah. So the question, uh, the NFL is a little different. I, I'm talking about the other sports, but the NFL, the yeah. question becomes is, um, it, you know, are, are you going to lose any viewership uh, for the first 16 games because there's a 17th game? I probably agree with you. The answer is no, um, because the product itself is just so damn entertaining. Um, it's just such a fun sport to watch and is fun. I mean, that's all there's to it. <laughs> uh, and the players take it seriously. And there's still, even with 17 or 18 games, there's still few enough games that each one still does matter a lot. Uh, that is, that is important. So um, I do agree that the NFL can probably get away with it. I, and there's other reasons I don't like it though, too. I mean, player safety, we already have enough injuries. We, you know, it's just one more game that players are going to get injured um, in, uh, which is, which could dilute the playoff pro- product. Right. Uh, so that's the one issue. And then just long-term player safety, you know, I mean, they are really sacrificing their bodies and their brains and everything else. Um, you know, the last thing they should be doing is going out and playing another game. Yes. So um, yes. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't like it, but what can you do? And so we got it. We got 17 game season. It is what it is. Well, I'm going to be on this uh, 17 and 0 train until uh, <laughs> it, until it derails until until we until week one when they until week one when they lose to whoever it is. <laughs> we don't we don't play you in the regular season though because uh, the Saints you know won the division. We we play the NFC West this year and then the first place team of the South and the East. So we won't play in the regular season. So uh, we'll meet up again at Lambeau for the NFC championship game. And uh, things will go a little differently than last time. That's true. We got a, it looks like we have the Cowboys. Uh, yeah. You'll beat them. I will say the one thing I will say, I will say, I will say the Saints do have a, or the, excuse me, the Bucks do have a pretty easy schedule um, because that division is not good. Um, the Saints are. Gonna yeah. I, I, it's Cowboys when, Falcons, uh, I mean nothing there. Uh, Rams, Rams could be the loss. Yeah. Uh, then you have the Patriots. It's going to be. The, yeah, then you have the Dolphins. I don't know. Like, 
No, they can lose it. Well, they can lose. I could see them losing to the Dolphins or the Rams or the. You play the Bills. Oh yeah, you could lose to the Bills for sure. Bills. Uh, Bills is at home though, which is good. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, come on. I don't. When I think of great home field advantages in football, I don't think of Tampa Bay as being at the top of the list. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Until yeah, you you forgot one key aspect though. What's that? I'm gonna be there. Oh well, man. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah, you didn't think of the Bucks home field advantage is great until I I entered the stadium. So just wait, just wait until this year, Mark. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, I think there'll be a lot of people, uh, a lot of people showing up late, leaving early, that sort of thing. It is Florida, right? Uh, so <laughs> yeah, I could see them losing the Dolphins. Here are the potential losses for you: <clears throat> Dolphins, uh, Rams, uh, Bills. Are you playing the? Um, you're playing the uh, uh, you're playing the AF, the NFC East, right? I guess you could theoretically lose to the Redskins. I mean, they played you pretty close in the playoff games for crying out loud. Um, so those would be really the only uh, four potential losses. I don't see you're right. I don't see anybody else beating him. So I see it. I see. I guess that you just throw up some other random loss in there for some reason. So yeah, you're going like twelve and five, thirteen and four, um, but. Uh, Maybe, maybe, God, I can't believe I'm saying 13 and four, or 15 and two. Man, it's just crazy. Mm, hey, it sounds like you're starting to lean toward the 17 and 0 train. Well, I'll get no, you there. No, 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 no. You definitely have at least two losses in you, if not three. <laughs> I mean, this is all there is to it. So, all right, man. Well, uh, on that note, uh, on that exciting, uh, how we always come back to talking about Tampa Bay football, I don't understand, but. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't know how that happens. But, it's because you, know. you always come back to talking about that. No, 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 no. There's no reason to talk about this anymore. All right. Well, on that note, uh, I've got a busy day ahead of me tomorrow work-wise. I'm flying on the red eye on Monday night back to Milwaukee. And it is go Bucks! Woohoo! <laughs> Let's go. Uh, Have fun, Mark. I'll talk I to will, you after. I will catch you later, Jess. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Bye.